Welcome to the Psychosphere. My name is David Sutcliffe, and my guest today is Brandon Parkhurst. Brandon is a San Diego-based musician, entrepreneur, and core energetics practitioner. His band Yovi has a new record coming out in September called One Law Love, also the name of a new company he started whose mission is to become your preferred resource for motivational workshops, retreats, individual sessions, and other inspiring content. Go to onelawlove.com for more information. And please enjoy this conversation with my good friend, the magnificent Brandon Parkhurst. Yovi! Yovi, dude. Is that weird? It's what weird? Wear your own band's t-shirt. I say fuck it. No, it's, well, in your case, the t-shirt's cool. The band name is cool. It is. I think it's your obligation to wear your band's name t-shirt. Yovi. Where did the name come from? Yovi. What does it mean? Does it mean anything? Yovi. I had this buddy, this weed dealing buddy back in the day. He was like, just one of those badasses that uh, just is super intelligent. Like, you know, you'd be hanging in the living room smoking weed and he'd have his board up and he's writing on the board. First this, you know, he's just like talking about the universe and this crazy guy. And he's like, he'd do these rap songs. Who's a rapper, white, full white guy, Canadian, Canadian white guy rapping. And uh, he had this song and he'd be go, he'd speak in Spanish. You'll be La Frontera is a ya. You'll be La Frontera is a. I see the border. It's over there. You know what I mean? Like he wants to bring the weed across. And I was just like, yo, be, yo, be. Like I was thinking of a band name and I wanted something with a Y in it. I love, I love words with Y in it. And, um, and I was like, yo, be, yo, V, yo, V with the two E's. I'm like, it just looks cool. Just, you know, you don't know what it is. It looks cool. It sounds cool. It's short. So. so it's just it just it just because it looks and sounds cool. That's it. That's, That's the proper it. way to name a band, I think. It is, yeah, totally. Why it's got a Y. See that Y? Yeah. How about that little um ocean in there? See that little thing? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, SoCal. So you got a band. This is not your first band. You've had many no, bands. I've had, yeah, quite a few bands. But this is the most recent incarnation. This An is, album comes out when? So end of September. End of September. After that, a single with Chris Christopherson. Did I send you that song? Are we starting? Or was this it? We've started. We Damn have started. It. I was going to ask you a question before we started. What was the question? Gonna is ask this me about now. me? Is this yeah, about me? We're just going to have a conversation. About me, though. <laughs> Do you want it to be about you? Yes, because yes, it's I all love about you. talking about me. I was thinking I was surfing. <laughs> I was going surfing this morning. I go, all right. We're going to talk about my favorite subject. <laughs> Me. It's everybody's Me. favorite subject. And I was like thinking about humility, you know, uh-huh. driving back home from surfing. And I was like, you know, there's a place inside of me that's like, fuck it. I, I like, I love, like, let's talk about me. I want to. And I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about that quote, um, mm-hmm. Tete. Have you yeah. had Tete on here yet? No. Yes. You got to have Tete. But anyways, remember that quote Tete is talking about humility, um, how is one to know true humility until they've at first experienced their entire magnificence? Mm, that's a yeah, magnif. I love Tete. He uses the word magnificence. Yeah, magnificent. such a great word. Yeah, totally. I don't even. Th- I think he's got it from some woman, but mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm, that is probably one of my favorite quotes because we work with people, right? That like, 
I'm humble or whatever. And it's like, no, dude, now that's right. not, I'm like, I was just thinking about my boy, Isaiah, you know, Isaiah. Yeah. And, um, he's gone tour with the black crows. I got to spend like four months with him. He stayed here a bunch. And this dude is like, he's a humble dude. You know what I mean? Like he has that side of him that is extremely humble, but it gets a little, he'd be okay with me talking about this. 100%. Yeah. And, uh, it's like, he's hands down one of the best guitar players probably on the planet playing right now and of wow. course he's playing with the crows and you know there's this way where i was just looking at him and i'm like and this is what happens when you hang out with guys like you or me that kind of do this work and we were we bring things out in people so to speak. right and i just saw him change in the months we were hanging out i think he's working with you too you know but i mm -hmm. just saw him start to come out in this way where it's like, I am this thing. I am right. that, you know what I mean? I was just like, it was so beautiful to see because, you know, you have people, I'm just humble. It's like, no, it's like, if, and I was like thinking of this ladder. It's like, you have humility, which is like the, the enlightened being, right? That doesn't need mm -hmm. to really tell anybody mm -hmm. anything, right? It's just like, yeah. I just, I'm totally in touch with what's happening for myself. And, uh, and then right underneath that, you got like, you got like the guy in his power. Like I'm in my power. I know myself. I'm like, I'm owning these places inside of me. I'm fucking a badass. I play music. I surf. Nah, 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 nah. It's like, it feels good to say those things. Yeah. And then underneath that, you got like the distorted ego where it's like, I got to tell you, I got to like, you, you meet these people, right? With This is how it is for me. I was in Costa Rica everywhere you go within five minutes, people are just shoving everything they are down your throat right. times 10. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, fuck. And you can feel where there's something missing inside of them. There's some right. place inside of them where, where they want this thing. And that's okay. You know, I'm there. I I'm just kind of coming from that, that stage into this other one that's in my power, which is why I'm like, we're talking about me. Let's do it. You know? And then yeah, you got yeah. the one underneath where it's like, I'm just humble. I'm just, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't just, you know, it's like, no, 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 dude, yeah, because yeah. here's the quote. You don't know true fucking humility <laughs> until you know you're full, until you're like, fuck it. Yeah. This yeah. is what it is all yeah. the way. So, yeah. Anyways, that's my rant. That's what, that's, you know. I love it. I love, well, no, what I hear is you have an intention to be in your magnificence all the way. And if the ego comes in and as Warren says, the ego always takes a cut. Yeah, always takes, always a takes a piece. It's fine. You notice your ego as, as you're in your magnificence and you have a laugh at it and just make sure it's not, running the show that's all well totally and the people how do i get rid of my, i'm trying to get rid of my ego really you don't get rid of your ego you get yeah. to know your ego right exactly all the way you know yeah. what i mean it's like here's where i here's here's you know here's where i think i'm better than i'm not here's where i fucking am scared you know here's where i fucking get triggered all that shit here's where i make up shit here's where i take the truth and add on a little bit more so you like me a little just mm -hmm. a little, you know what i mean mm-hmm and then if we get to know it, you know, then it kind of, it doesn't go away. It becomes more of our power, right? Um, well, we're going to talk about you. So maybe, I mean, it's, you, I mean, I feel your fire. You're on fire with <laughs> all of this. And uh, you have a lot of passion. You have a lot of wisdom. And, uh, but that was not the case when I first met you. Oh, when was oh. that? 10 years ago now? Oh, man. Yeah. Ten, uh, nine, seven, nine years ago nine, at the, yeah. at, at the Esalen Institute or Anne's radical liveness workshop, you came in, I was assisting the workshop and you were at that point 
how many, how long were you sober? Six months. Six months. A wow, raw nerve. six months. I was a raw nerve. Yeah. Everybody fell in love with you immediately because really? you're just, yeah, of course. Every Ann was in love with you. I was just like, this guy's awesome. Well, you were so open and it, you were just so yes to everything. I mean, you were a little right. nervous at first as everybody is, but once you kind of got the lay of the land and saw what was going on, you just, you just wanted it so bad. I remember you coming up to me, you know, at some point you're like, you know, I want to hang out. I want to, you just wanted it. You just wanted what was yeah. there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you were, completely ungrounded i mean you were you could see that you were just yeah raw nerve wild uncontained um and and that there was you know pain trauma oh. like you were you know and i didn't know i mean i knew you were coming out of uh drug addiction but i didn't i didn't really understand the extent of it um and so you and maybe we could talk about that at some point but um and then what happened? You, you started Ann's school the next year? Yeah, yeah. Well, just to lead up to that, I love this. I love that. It's like, you got to think about it. All this shit happens when we're young, whatever. It's not a knock on my parents or caregivers or anything, but there's just like this, this whole thing that happens. We don't get what we need. And then I find a joint when I'm 12 years old. Where'd you and find I a joint? I found a joint in the gutter. What? Walking to the bus stop with my buddy. Yeah, it's like, look down, he's like, spleef! He said, spleef! And uh, anyways, yeah, grab the joint and uh, take it. No, then we go to school. I put in my backpack, go to school. And then after school, we go and hey, dude it. We called it hey, dude in it. Hey, dude, buy me some beer. So we got a six pack of beer. <laughs> a six pack of beer and uh, went to the skateboard. Dish. Had you drank at that point? At 12? 12 was just like, not really. You had a couple, snuck a couple of drinks, but it was like the, the, you know, the, the joint was like, okay, right. this is what it is now. Right. right. It's like we found the joint and then the, the consciousness opens up to like, what else, you know, beer, yeah. what else can we do? Right. Totally. And cause, um, and, uh, so we go to the skateboard ditch. I grew up in Encinitas, you know, that here in SoCal and, uh, skating, surfing, but we have a skateboard ditch where we'd go hang. It was like in the, in the, like nature a little bit. It was just a hollowed out, it was a dry drainage ditch. We used to skate them. Anyways, right. we could get away from everybody. And we go there and uh, we there's three of us. We each take two beers and just drink, you know, like doesn't taste good or whatever. And then fire up the doobie. And I fucking fired up the doobie and had this beer. And when the if effect of the alcohol and the weed kicked in, like, I just was like, I, I, I was like, yeah. I just remember wow. going, oh, I was like, are you feeling, are you, am I fucking, what the fuck? You know, like, I just remember saying, man, okay, I found it. I found the thing that I needed, you know, or whatever it is. Like, I, this, like, and by the way, where was it when I was five? <laughs> I needed this shit. <laughs> I needed this shit way back when. And, uh, but anyways, it was like, so think about it, right? It's like, I'm a raw nerve. Then I find drugs and alcohol at 12. And so, and it was crazy because that day was amazing. I will still say that was an amazing day. Drugs and right. alcohol worked. It worked for me for a lot of years. It did what it was supposed to do. You know what I mean? It was supposed to keep me from feeling my uncomfortable state. 
You know what I mean? And I wasn't crashing cars. I wasn't actually, that day was the best day. I woke up the next morning and I was like, that was awesome. Wow. Next thing I said was, let's do it again. I mean, I'm kind of smart, right? Did you knew, did you know like some part of you that's like bad? Did you have any, like, I shouldn't be drinking. I shouldn't be smoking meat. I don't want to be that kid. Like that's a bad thing to do. Yeah. I think we're all different. I'm, I'm to this day the same way. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm like, yes, that's bad. And let's do that. You know what I mean? That's, that's what we do. You know what I mean? It's the same way. I'll pull into a freaking like handicapped parking spot. And my friend will be like, what are you doing? I'm like, for five minutes. I don't care. Fuck it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, I don't know what that part of me is, but, uh, um, but anyways, back to the point is that, yeah. So from 12 until then, when I go to the workshop, I have now I'm 36 years old when I hit the workshop or whatever that was, I think something like that nine years ago and now you pull the drugs and alcohol out of my life right mm-hmm. and so i'm essentially 12 or younger <laughs> right 12 years old right, right? and i'm in this Dang. workshop and i'm a raw nerve and the story of how i got to that workshop as a whole that could be a whole another fucking hour in itself but anyways I, I end up in this workshop and i was life or death bro that's where i was at for me right. it was life or you death. felt you know that what I, mean? I felt i was like okay like um you know, I was going to AA and stuff, and I, I, AA was amazing. I think 12-step programs are great for people. But for me, I'm like so – I was so Im, impulsive. Mm-hmm. Was so just, you know, that I was like something has – I, I was praying like something happened for me in my life to where I can get this – you know, I was clear. I was like I, I picked this shit up because I don't – I can't handle this. You know what I mean? This meaning you're, you're- – your feelings? Uh, my anger, my fear, my sadness, my, you know what I mean? I can't handle what's happening. I didn't know that's what was happening, but I knew something was happening in my, it to me that I couldn't handle without the drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. We talk about it in recovery. It's the only life I know. The only life I know is to go out and get loaded. When I get angry, I get loaded. When I get sad, I get loaded. When I'm scared, I get loaded. If you die, I get loaded. If you get married, I get loaded. If the Chargers win, I get loaded. If the Chargers lose, I get loaded. It doesn't matter. That's what I do. It's the only life I know. Wow. So uh, if that was true, and it was, and you're pulling that, the the drugs were not a problem. They were the solution. Mm. And um, you're pulling my solution to survive. It's how I survive in the world is by... Yeah. So from so, 12 to, sorry, when did you say you got sober? 36. 36. Yeah. 12 to 36, you were in some way or other using some kind of substances to medicate yourself. That's right. Right. And, and now was, I don't claim total sobriety now. Cause you know, mm-hmm. I do, I've, I've gone on the psychedelic and it's been amazingly healing for me. And I own that part you know, of myself now. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, I have, I'm a huge advocate for that for the, in the right situation. You know, I didn't, for years I was abstinent off everything and I mm-hmm. gave myself that time. So anyways, I just want to name that. Yeah. And well, it's interesting too, like from my point of view, your story, like you, well, maybe we should go to the early years of the music since we started with the OV. And this is, this is a, uh, a redemption story in some way. You're finally making your music. That's right. Which got sidetracked by your music career, got sidetracked by uh, drugs and alcohol. You started, uh, you, you, what you signed, you were a talented musician, you had a band, you toured, you signed with a record label. Yeah. You were uh, set yeah. to make an album. 
Yeah. And it all came crashing down because of heroin. Yep. Totally. Couldn't keep, keep it together. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, we almost signed, we had a fall. Yeah. I mean, the story is I was 20, whatever, early twenties, 20, I don't remember 23, something young and just playing music and drinking and whatever, having fun. And then, um, in San Diego, the band Blink 182 is from San Diego and we were friends with them. And they're like, Hey man, we want to make this movie <laughs> and bring a band on, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> on tour with us with green day, which was at like, these are the two biggest bands in yeah. the world at this time. And we're playing like a couple hundred people shows, you know what I mean? And you know, we're okay, but we're the, the band is like, we're big personalities. Uh, like I, I feel like I have a big personality. The other three people in the band have huge personalities too. We're likable people. And, but anyways, yeah, come on tour with us. We're going to give you money and we want you to go drink and do drugs and film it and just show what it's like to, you know, wow. what I mean? and wow. it's like every... so now you've got to perform in some way you're incentivized like a reality show almost to go crazy and do lots of drugs and alcohol and shenanigans. Yeah. Which it was exactly our gifts. Or my, my gift <laughs> is to perform. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, and you're going to give me much, like no problem. I mean, there was no, there was no like board meeting on what are we going to do today? That's funny. It's just right. like, we're just fucking going and riffing yeah. the whole time. And we went for two months on this tour and we started out. Well, I mean, that's a whole long story, but anyways, it was green day. Didn't want us to come green day is like, dude, we, we like Tom DeLong, who's in blink was like, we're going to bring this band, cut you up. They're just going to take a bunch of acid and drink and we're going to film it. And green is like, no, you're not like, fuck that. And, uh, Green Day, anyways, the, the tour almost didn't happen because they got in a fight over it. Like Tom went really? to bat for us. Yeah, no. They so they were real. It was an important idea to uh, Blink. Exactly. Like and they were going to so fight crazy. Green Day over it. They're like, well, I think it turned more into an ego thing. Like I when see. Green Day said no, Blink was like, real, it wasn't really about us at that point. He's like, oh, you're going to say no? We're the big, you know what I mean? It was like big dick thing. And uh, John Humphreys, who, you know, was the producer of that, but yeah, he's just like, they, they just walked out of the room and then they came green day came back and was like, okay, we're going to go on this tour, but we don't want those guys around us. And so immediately it was like, they take us, they take us aside and they're like, okay, we're going to do this thing, but you really have to not, you know, avoid green day, which immediately in our minds is like, that's directly where we're going. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> we're going directly to those guys and just, and we did. And it, and we became the amazing, like right off the bat, we just went, we, but we were playing like what we call side stage in the beginning. Like it was like, we were this band and we're drunk and we're in this van and they're in huge buses. We had a nice van, but when we were playing these side stage shows, and then after the show, you're hanging, right? Everyone's hanging in the green, within three shows, we're hanging with Green Day. And Green Day, like, these guys are fucking amazing. You know what I mean? So then it just becomes like, now we're all on different buses. And the last thing on our mind is even playing. We're just like fucking on this huge tour filming this. And this is before Jackass, who um, is essentially like the first Jackass. You know what I mean? We're just filming stupid right. shit and going around and uh anyways the, the the tour culminated in us in us starting to play the main stage the oh wow you know what i mean we like we worked our way in and we got a little more serious about it and then after that tour um it was just like these guys are amazing these guys i mean i remember i think i'm saying this uh, you, you know some of this but i was like on mt what they put they made the movie it was on mtv as soon as it was on mtv what's the movie called 
Riding in Vans with Boys. Riding in Vans with Boys. And it's a cult classic. So called, it was this actually Rolling Stone rated it number two of rock and roll documentaries right underneath Spinal Tap. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. yeah, it's That's amazing. amazing. Yeah. And so um, we're like, oh, this is what I was just sending you that book, Take the Great Leap, where we sabotage ourselves, right? We can't, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So now this tour is over and DreamWorks, rec DreamWorks is a movie company, but they're like, we want to sign these guys across the board. Right. You know what I mean? Like they can do movies, they can do this. These guys are got what we want, you know, looking for. And I, in hindsight, I can see where I just took me out. You know what I mean? I it was, was too much, out. like too much pressure, too much. I just remember this is, I went into a blackout. Like I started drinking more and doing more Coke and I wasn't really into heroin at that point. Um, uh, I just was partying around Encinitas. I was the guy, you know what I mean? And I was right. the biggest I don't even think I had a house. I was just staying at people's houses and just drinking. I thought I was the guy anyways, probably from the outside. You're like, that guy's blowing it, man. You know what I mean? But uh, right. uh, somewhere deep inside of me, it's like, I can't, I can't, I don't want, I like, it's safe here. It's safe talking about doing all these things and it's safe knowing that DreamWorks wants to do it and I can play this zone good. Yeah. But I'm not going to go in and write the record. And I just remember we had this manager, Bill Schmoyer. He's like, just write eight songs, bro. All you have to do is write eight songs. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we'll write eight songs. You know what I mean? And then it just went on and like, I kind of, like two years passed and I kind of came out of this, this party thing and I hadn't written any of the music. I hadn't written anything really worthwhile or that I had spent time on. And uh, it just kind of fluttered away, you know, slowly fluttered away. Um, and then, you know, probably 26, 27 years old around that time, you know, a good couple of years, the, the tour happened and we had to make the movie and then all these good things were lined up. And then, you know, and then at that time, Yo V was started because we, we scored some, scored some of the music for the movie. We needed some acoustic kind of folky stuff. And we wrote these songs on this, this, this one album that did really well. And, um, so Yo V and Cut You Up were kind of together going through. And that then, was a Yo V album? Yo v wrote, okay, so Cut You Up went on this tour, and then yeah. Yo V wrote these album, wrote an oh. album to use the music to score this movie. I you know? And when the movie came out, people were like, what band, what is that? And then they're like, oh, this is the guys in Cut You Up's other band, two of the guys, Yo V. So then we're, ha we're getting like big response from that. So um, things were good, you know what I mean? And uh, I just remember always going, we're going to make it, you know what I mean? And yeah. Like, Let's get drunk <laughs> or something, you know what I mean? And, and what, uh, what point did you realize that you weren't going to make it? Mm. That the, the, the dream was falling away? When I got like kind of, well, it's when I got like the, the regret of when I was 30. Well, let me just say it. Okay. So then we're, we're kind of doing this, it's fading. I'm still holding on to this idea because there's, because what happens is it's the same thing. We always do. I lived in a fantasy. Oh, you know, it's oh, fine. Oh, we'll get what's there. What's that? There's a sound. Oh, talk again? Hello, check. Yeah, you're good. Okay. okay. Living a fantasy. It's okay. There was yeah, some. I was living in a fantasy. Someday mm -hmm. we'll get there. It wasn't like, oh, it's gone now. You know what I mean? It's still, I'm still living in a fantasy surrounding, like, I'm still, um, we're going to do this or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. so it didn't hit me because I'm getting high, I'm drinking, and I'm just living in this fantasy. And, uh, and then, you know, my friend shot himself in front of me, like around oh. this time, you know what I mean? My friend, Jimmy, 
and uh, in front of like, didn't shoot himself. And I heard about it. I was there and saw yeah. it and he died right in front of me. And uh, I can talk about it. Like it may seem like it, it, I've done a lot of work surrounding it. So that happened. And when that happened, um, I was about, I think I was 28 or so. And then I started doing heroin, you know, I started, um, I just went dark. I just went down. I just went isolated. And, um, you know, remember that movie, the aviator? Yeah. When he's in the, he's in that movie yeah. theater, he's eating chocolate cookies like that. And when I'm like, there, right, that's me. Like, don't fucking just, I'm just lost. I'm in my, just getting loaded. He was doing the same thing, actually. The aviator was shooting dope and all that. But, uh, yeah. So then 28, 29, 30, 31, just like that, those years were just lost for me. You know, it was dark progressively, uh, small vain attempts to get, to get off of it, but mainly only just to get people off my back. You know what I mean? I never was really doing it for me. And, um, it was sad, man. In hindsight, like, fuck, it's sad. Turned it out, turned out to be an amazing thing because I made it through. But in that time, it was sad. And, I mean, I think it saved me, though, because I wasn't, it kept me from really feeling my deep, dark pain. I probably would kill myself. You know what I mean? Mm. If I was to really feel and go in and um, feel that place in, at that time. Do you know what I mean? For, it just happened to work out. And, uh, and then, so that's like three or four years there. And then around like 32, so now I'm just drinking it away. Still kind of young. We still have this hope. Maybe we'll make some cool music. And, and then uh, I start to try and get clean or sober or whatever at 32. And it takes me four years to finally land in that workshop. You know, so four years. Like I'm, and I don't mean four years of like, oh, I think I'll kind of, I mean, four years of like, I was going to treatment centers. I was like going, you know, meetings. It 30 days it wasn't of oh, 30 days it just wasn't sticking 30 days relapse 60 days it wasn't sticking i wasn't yeah i wasn't able i wasn't able to be honest with myself about what about what i was about about my addiction right and about the severity of it right and about what needed to happen in order for me to get continued abstinence and I wasn't what willing. was, was there a rock bottom? Was there a realization? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I went to this. What happened? Um, I went to, well, I was 36 at this point and I had gone like another in the drug world. You call it a run, a run, right? I, go on a, I went on a run, a uh, drug run, right? So it's like, it could either be a year or three days, three day run. I'm gonna say, but I was on this long six month <clears throat> run and i was just like going okay i'm about to die like i could really feel where physically my body wasn't gonna go anymore and uh my buddy owned this treatment center up on a mountain like a full treatment center and he's like just come up here and i think i agreed to go up there for like 30 days but he's like just come up here and like detox or whatever and i had been in in and out of recovery so i knew how it worked in my mind i'm like i don't know if i need to go which is another way I lied to myself. I probably could have gone away for a year. <laughs> you know what I mean? But right. I was like, I'll go up there. But anyways, what happened is I, I, I was on like, I think I was up awake. Cause when you do heroin, you do it with cocaine. You don't really, you, you don't sleep well if you are sleeping and you usually don't sleep that much. It's not a deep sleep. So at the end of this 48 hours, after six months of just every day getting loaded, but 48 hours of up, I finally land at this at this up on this mountain i'm in a bunk bed i lay down in the bunk bed on my back 
and my legs are butterfly like that. Like I'm on my back and my legs are up like this. And then as I fall asleep, they slowly start to butterfly out. And I fall asleep for like 30 hours. I just, I'm out. You know what I mean? <laughs> 30 hours. Or pro I don't know. I mean, like I time. get there at a night and I think I slept to the next night to the next morning. Wow. When I get there in the afternoon, I fell asleep. I didn't wake up the whole next day until the next morning, right? And I wake up and my hips are like, I don't, I wouldn't say they're out of the sockets, but they're not they're not like they're 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 disjoint like you know what i mean like i they had they had gravity had pulled them down flat and i fucking wake up like oh and and then right all of the stuff comes like because i'm not high anymore and i've made this decision to come to rehab and i'm like jonesing for you know what i mean it's like you've seen the movies right it's like you, yeah put a heroin addict in the room and then they're yelling fucking mommy fucking you know that that's that energy is coming out of me and I fucking roll over and just kind of fall out of the bed and uh, start crawling because it's time to pee. Like I gotta pee. I don't know. I gotta get to the bathroom or you know what I mean. But I'm crawling. You know what I mean. I'm 36 years old and just fucking just kind of like goes, dude. What the fuck? You know what I mean. Like what the fuck? Like you know what I mean. And I'm yeah. That you're asking. That's what we'd call a moment of clarity. Right. You know. And the moment of clarity for me was that. Um, I could see where I was at this crossroads. You know what I mean? Like it was super clear. I could see, like I could, um, I could, you know, continue getting loaded and then go on to the bitter end and die pretty soon, or maybe end up in jail, kill like whatever, or like some kind of institution. Like you know, that road was like continue getting loaded and to the bitter end, right there. And then I could clearly see the other road where there was all this shit I would have to do. You know what I mean? Like fucking go to meetings, hang out with people, you know, get spiritual, all this stuff that people do to, to stay clean. And, you know, well, first off, when you're a normal person giving those options is going to go, I'm going to do the recovery. I'm going to do those things. For me, I was so fucked up. I'm like, I kind of like this route, the, the shoot dope and die route. Like that's how, when I'm looking at this fork in the road, I'm like, fuck it. I kind of just, it's too much for me. I, I just, like I'm having these thoughts, you know? Yeah. And then, but the moment, the, the real moment of clarity was realizing that those roads had always been there. And I was trying to trailblaze my own little special route right, right up the middle. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to have one foot over here because I'm special, one foot over here. And I don't need all that shit. You know what I mean? I was basically just like visiting recovery. I was a visitor. I was like, smoke a cigarette, hang out with some girls, talk some shit. And then, you know what I mean? Like not doing any work on myself. So that was the moment of clarity. And I was just like, I made this decision. You know, someone told me this is great, great line. This, this dude's like, what do you, he's like, how about this? Why don't you give it a year? Why don't you give recovery a year? And at the end of the year, if you're not happy, we will refund your misery in full. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's like, you already, you're already miserable. You're already right. about to die. Like what? It's like, you can go back here. No problem. Why don't you just, you know? And uh, I was like, okay, I tried. And then I started to see um, it from a, I stuck around long enough to see what happened to people that didn't stick around. Like what I happened? started to see, you know, they, somebody comes in and tries to get clean and then they go out and you're like, 
they crash their car or right. you know, somebody, somebody else comes in they go out, Oh, their wife left him. Oh, somebody comes in. Did you hear about so-and-so he died? You know what I mean? Like, so I was sticking around long enough to see, and I was that guy, but to see it from the other side mm-hmm. and be like, Oh, okay. You know? So, so, uh, that's the grace, you know, that's what I would call God's grace or whatever, you know, or matrix creator. There's like some level of grace, which to me means like an undeserved favor. That's what grace is essentially is like, I had, I got an undeserved favor, some kind of, some kind of gap of time that really, I just, for some reason was like, um, was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do what it is, you know, and, uh, I'm going to go all the way. I'm going to, you know, so then, you know, when you go to AA, it's not the hotbed of mental health. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning every people at AA meetings are all struggling with their issues. Yeah. I mean, look, it's like, you can't, you can't, it's so broad. It covers so much ground that you, it's like super simple. It's like, come in here and learn to connect with some people. Right. And that maybe there's an idea that there's a, a God for me. It's like, for me, it's like a higher version of myself or whatever. I know that mm-hmm. now, but, mm-hmm. but it's like, Hey, just come in here. When you run your life, you end up in the detox facility. We know that. So right. maybe come in here, get some new ideas. You do these things called the 12 steps where you do a little bit of work and you look at yourself a little bit. And, um, that's what it is. You know, you can't expect a program like AA to do deep work like we do. You just can't. Of course. So I I was, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and I imagine part of the draw of AA is the community because you must at some point experience a tremendous amount of shame. Oh my God. Yeah. And And so to be in a community of people where you've all gone through that together, I'm sure that helps alleviate some of the shame. Yeah. Their their, their motto is we're going to love you till you love yourself. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah, there is. And then there's like a lot of sick shit that happens. There's a lot, there's of, a lot of just sick, like sick. sick, mental sick. Like, you know what I mean? People, people like, um, they sponsor each other and they're telling people what to do. There's a lot of projection, right. Right. a lot, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, um, it is what it is. I mean, you can navigate your way through it. You can't, like I said, you can't expect much more for such a broad group covering yes. so much ground. But for me, I was seeing people in there, in there, like this guy's been sitting on the back wall of this meeting for 30 years and he seems angry to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, he seems, right. he seemed, I didn't, I wouldn't, I would I don't think I was evolved enough to go, he's angry, but I was just like, it, it just seems like it didn't feel right to me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I could see people in relationships and I could just see, and uh, that's how I was like praying for, um, for something more. And, and what was it about the radical aliveness workshop up at Esalen that, that woke you up or, or got you excited? You know, it's so funny. Like you said, like I was so willing to do whatever. And, um, I was, um, when I got there, I think we were all sitting in a group and I was just going, what the fuck am I doing here? What the hell is this, this shit? So much happening. And I think Anne goes, who, who's got something? I'm like, who's got something? What the f-? like? Right when I said that, in my head, I'm thinking this. Who's got so I do? And I was like, what? Like, no. What, what do I just? I didn't, did I just know? And Ann goes, oh, you know how she does that. Yeah. Oh. What? What's? And I go, uh, I just, I just remember just saying, and I did not consciously 
my conscious mind. It was just like, I'm scared of everything. Wow. I'm scared of everything. I just said that. I don't remember like, that, but I remember you going first. Yeah. And I just said, I'm scared of everything. And then she did her whole deal, you know, mm -hmm. and then, um, remember you got down on the mattress at some point and yeah. And I was just so all this, all my sadness and rage. I mean, not even, I think I was just, it was just like this first le higher level of sadness, lower one under the rage, the rage hadn't come yet, but just some residual sadness was like hitting right here. And I'm trying to, you know, kick and, and I'm just, you know, a little off in my head. And then one of the dudes in the workshop, I forget his name, just comes over, just kind of squeaks over on his hands and knees, puts his hand on my foot and starts mm -hmm. crying. Oh, wow. And I just remember going like, oh, I can feel it right now. Just going, this dude just opened up the, the vibration. He just, I could feel that he brought my vibration into this, like, you know, into my zone. He was feeling his sadness, obviously, but in a way, connecting with mine. And I just burst open. You know what I mean? I, I remember. remember. Well, I think you told the story about your friend killing himself. Oh, uh, right then. Yeah. Yeah. And you were talking about all the people that you knew that had died. Yeah. In your world. And I remember thinking this guy, it's like he's been through a war because yeah. I hadn't I had an experience of people around me dying. I, di I didn't know what that was like. And just to hear and also having in some cases it be so violent, like the trauma that was there just seemed so intense. And, and yeah, that, that's what I remember, like it, being horrified and by what you'd experienced and in, in the grief and the pain and everything that must have been in there. And you, you tapped into it. It was very profound. It was also something about you because it, there was no one like you there. Like there, you were, you know, SoCal surfer dude, you know, musician, young. And most of the people in the workshop were kind of, you know, mi more middle-aged hippie or, or, you know, uh, new age type of person. So it was uh, your work and, and your enthusiasm and your desire to connect was, it was very moving for a lot of people. I, I don't know if you know that, um, but you had an impact on a lot of people and it, you were vulnerable. I mean, like you went first yeah, and you wanted it. And there was something very, I don't, I don't know, you just had, a, I mean, you had a huge impact on me. And, uh, and so when you, and I wasn't sure when you were like, I want to go to the school, I want to sign up for everything. I was just like, okay, okay, kids settle down, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and, but then you went, like yeah. you actually followed up and we didn't really stay in contact. I mean, I think we, you know, had a couple phone calls here and there, but that time I was out of the school and I think I was in Toronto, but I remember coming back to teach a couple of years later and you were in, I think when I saw you were in your third year at that point. And I just remember walking into school and I think it was your class uh, who was leading the spiritual service or, or you were leading something. Mm -hmm. And you said some things, you walked around with your guitar and played some music. And I was like, what the fuck happened to this guy? <laughs> you were like grounded and wise and connected. It was like a whole other human being had emerged. I was blown away in part because that was probably me as well in my own way. Right. But to see, to be outside and see the change that happened, uh, it was, it, it amazed me and it just showed like this shit works, this work works, this community, uh, if you commit to it, you have to commit to it. 
uh, it can change you. What, what, like what happened for you at the school through this work? Yeah, that's such a, so cool. Well, which, just to rewind, it's a mutual feeling about that mm. workshop when you were there. It was like, cause there's not, um, <clears throat> masculinity is, is scarce <laughs> right? in, in that, you know what I mean? Like, in that you world, know, and it's yeah. not, not, you know, but it's like you were there and I was just like that. You came up to me actually in the workshop. This is like, the, I remember this, this is like, like my core memories of shit in my life. Like you came over and you're just like, I'm just like in something ungrounded or something. You just came over and you're like, I know you. <laughs> right, right. Do you remember right. that? I don't yeah, know if you I remember, do remember that. that. And I was just like, Bleh. I was like, oh, fuck, dude. I know you. You're like, I know you. You know what I mean? And what you're saying is I know this place. Yeah. That's well, I, I think it was probably your rage. Yeah. I could feel like you have rage. It's okay. Like you could do, you, you know, you want to fucking destroy and kill everything. And I certainly had that feeling inside me and, and, and the pain underneath and the longing and the fear, all of that. I, I related to all of that. I mean, I, yeah, I definitely saw you, saw myself in you. Yeah. And that, when that happened, I was like, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, you know, I was smart enough to know I believed you. <laughs> I, you know, I believe I'm like, I, I'm like, yeah. yeah, okay. I believe you. And I want to like, so in, in any logical sense, if you know me and you're mm -hmm. there and I'm struggling, then I want, let's do this. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, and you're part of the school and you went to the school and, and then it was just like, so was, that was a huge part. And then I remember just watching people stand up at 11 a.m. one way. And by 1230, an hour and a half later after processing, they're completely, and I'm like. They look different. This. Yeah, I could do this every day. I found yeah. something I like. Yeah. So it was like a no brainer. So I joined the school and um, uh, it was the most powerful thing. Thank God I can't even most powerful thing ever to show up at that school and the, the way they held that school at that time, mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, just to come in and, and just to <laughs> be held. It was such a safe, solid space that the, the distortions just come, you know, mm -hmm. just like mm -hmm. they just come. There's so much love and there's so much craziness and just, you know what I mean? It's so unique. There isn't any, I don't know where else in the world you get that. Yeah. It's very unique. Right. And so what happened was that I, um, and just, just let me say for those you know listening who don't know, we're talking about the Radical Aliveness Institute, the Ann Bradney School, where she teaches. You know, the foundation of the work is core energetics, but she's transformed it into her own thing that she calls Radical Aliveness. It's a four-year training program that you know, it's a somatic psychotherapy, and. Um, but she holds, you know, she holds the, it, it allows for everything. I mean, it, there's a lot of ways to, to talk about it, but it's like, it's a place where you can go and express yourself fully, the good, the bad, the rage, the pain and take risks and feel yourself. And she has this incredible gift to be able to hold that container, hold this immense amount of chaos of the, the insanity of like having a room full of people, everybody just bringing their feelings out which feels like madness, but she has an ability to kind of hold that and ultimately shape it into something and bring it back into, uh, to, into to, to deeper levels of what's actually there and, and to find the, the connection. And it's just, um, 
you know, it's, there's nothing else like it and there's nobody else quite like Anne. And the, it's, for me, it was always the invitation. There was no place I could bring myself out fully other than in hockey, like on the rink where you, your animal is welcome. It's, it's encouraged. It's, it's a value, you know, so I could bring all my aggression, all my anger, all my just was, I could be fully expressed there in my body. And there was no other place that I could do that. I wanted to be able to do that through my acting, but I couldn't because just, you know, I was acting on TV. You just felt this place you have to be contained. And I was playing the nice guys, the handsome guys. So I'm like trapped in that box. Mm -hmm. And I started to resent that. And then when I got to radical liveness and, you know, the invitation to just follow your instincts, to say whatever you want. So I spent two years because I, I've been built up as a nice guy for so long. I was a nice guy. I'm a good guy. I'm a nice guy. That was my whole career was based on that. I was like two years just being a fucking asshole, like just saying the meanest things <laughs> and yeah. just to feel myself there, people reacting. And then it always would, because Anne's so brilliant, it always would go somewhere. She just, just leave it, you know, yeah. there and. And, uh, and then I remember the point, you know, where she said, uh, after about two years of that, you know, and I said something, she said, I just want to ask you, it's like, is this serving you anymore? Is, is you bring out this expression serving you? And, and the answer of course was no. And then, you know, we went deeper, but, but the point is, wow, there's no, there's no limit. There's no, there's, I mean, there's boundaries. Yeah. You know, you have, there's shape to it. There has to be boundaries, but within that boundary, there's, the permission and it's just uh it's so for me it was just so incredibly freeing because you just feel all of this possibility yeah and then you can really find out who you are like who am i i i can really only know who i am if i express myself fully if i let everything inside me out and then have it reflected back to me yeah and see how that feels in relationship and that's the only way i can like Making if it's all in here and I'm trying to figure it out all inside me just by observing myself, that's useful. And you know we're both meditators and we do that. But there's something about bringing out all of the the shadow, not just the shadow, but also the higher self, the love, yeah. and our magnificence. To bring it all out and have permission to do that and to see what happens, because then you actually see how you're you're seeing in real time how you manifest reality how you create your world because you're seeing it and you're getting immediate feedback. Like people aren't just taking it. They're having their reaction. They're having their feelings. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's so exciting and freeing and interesting and creative. And so, yeah, I, I, and it's also, yeah, when there's another dude who's like signing up, it was, I was so happy. Yeah. You know, yeah. That there's like, okay, this, this guy's a dude. And uh, he's a badass man, and uh, he gets it, and you were in. I was in. And you just said it, man. It's like, in order to hold a space like that, like Anne, Anne holds, mm -hmm. like, hold, she, you, like you, you have to know yourself. Like Anne right. knows herself on such right. a deep level. That's why it was so And accepts safe. herself. And then think about this, how you just said, after two years, she comes right in and is like, is this still serving you? Like, yeah. she knew fucking two yeah. years ago. Exactly. Yeah. Just when to let you go and right. when to come. And then I saw that with Patty. Patty was, you know, Patty was a facilitator there. And she just, you know, she saw me all the way probably to the four years. We're a roundabout, but just let me do it. And just little, you know, and what happens now, so many people are, 
can't hold that because they haven't done their own work. You know what I mean? There's projections. Mm -hmm. That's why it was so powerful because you're around a bunch of people, most of them there, the facilitators that knew every, every part of themselves. So right. it didn't trigger them for us to bring whatever right. we wanted. Yeah, the right? work is in, it's embodied and it's experiential. It's, it's, I mean, there's theory and concepts to learn and master, certainly. But the, the, the bulk of the work, the bulk of the training is experiential. So you have you know, the experience of like being in the feeling, being in the conflict and feeling what happens. And there's, I, I don't know that there's any other place where you can do that. I mean, just to say what's true. And then you learn to follow every instinct and impulse you have and to trust that somehow that's going to be in service of the whole, yeah. which is also an incredibly liberating thing to know what, what's coming through me Whatever it is, whatever it is, what wants to come through me is somehow going to serve. I can't know that in the moment, but I'm going to let this through. And that is so vulnerable to let, to just to let whatever wants to come through, come through and not be attached to it and not judge it and just like see. And sometimes what wants to come through is not very nice. Or sometimes it's vulnerable because it's like I need or I love or I'm attracted. Like it, there's all, there's all kinds of levels of of vulnerability or different ways to be vulnerable, but just that concept of living that way, like trusting, believing in whatever wants to come through you is actually going to serve the whole. It's yeah. going to bring us into deeper truth. And if everybody does that, you know, then we're going to go somewhere. We're going to get to deeper levels of truth and we're going to create something just like magnificent. It's the holding on. It's the, 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 you know, the, the withdrawal that yeah. that's what causes the problems. Now you can, you know, we, we have to have safe spaces to do it. We have to have containers and that's, yeah. that's why that school is, is so powerful because it's a, it, it, they build the container uh, and the boundaries to be able to handle that kind of energy coming through. It's just, it's just, it's incredible. It's incredible. And dude, the shit I saw in that school, go down. <laughs> I know, man. I mean, you, I could never, I would just sometimes be completely flabbergasted. Mm -hmm. Is this happening right now? Yeah. Is this holy? And it's just like, and then somehow deeper connection, the deeper we go, it's right. just like, you got the rubber band analogy, right? It's like, this is darkness. This is light. And you have a rubber band. The further mm -hmm. you're willing to pull that rubber band down into the darkness mm -hmm. and let go. Yeah. You know what I mean, that's what we were seeing just the, craziest shit and like and then learning being like okay so that when that person's in that thing and this happens here go this place or what you know what i mean you just like it's just i don't know it's magic it, it, and it's magic magic it, and yeah. really it's it really helped me see the so what happens i get to the first year of school i'll never forget after the first module i was working i think i had by the time i got to school i had a year clean i think school started i was like one or two modules in I had about a year clean. I was still raw. I was just, I had these, like, um, I would look at, and I would look at these facilitators with these eyes, like, help me. <laughs> Although my external is like, I'm fine. You know what right. I mean? And it's yeah. like, I just remember, I remember that, um, uncomfortable play of my inside screaming out for somebody to take care of me, but yet I couldn't name it. It was or what we'd call orality in our, you know, mm -hmm. in what we do, but I did that and my psycho, all these things coming through, but what happened is after I think the second module, I went home and I was working at this, um, 
I was driving guys around that were trying to get clean and, you know, taking care of guys. So you're clean, kind of just still in recovery. And I remember they were in the back of the van being crazy. And I just remember breathing and focusing on lower than my neck. And I was right. just like, whoa, right. whoa. And I was like, that was the first time that I had actually been in my body. Yeah. I was like, whoa. And I had period, I, I learned it in, in the couple modules of school. You know what I mean? Like, hey, yeah. be in your body. This really, you yeah. know what I mean? But I, to really be out of the school and then a, a week or two later, just go, okay, I'm kind of going crazy. And I just, I can feel it right now. You know what I mean? It's right. Like, oh, it just wasn't in my body right there. Now I'm like, right. oh, here I am. You know what I mean? And I just remember going, whoa. And then slowly starting to do that throughout my day. And then, you know, and the cool thing about the school too, is the first two years you, you learn about one thing, me. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not coming in with a bunch of people. It's like, here's, let's learn about you. Yeah. That's been the most beneficial thing, man. I, I run groups now. I work with individual clients and it's like, you know, I'm able to just know the place inside of me that the person in front of me is processing mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the, the level of safety that these people feel with me is just so powerful. There's a trust. It's like, it's okay. I know I'm here. You know what I mean? Like I know, yes, like I've explored this place. I don't say that, you know, essentially, but yeah, but you've it. been there. Yeah. You know, you know it inside yourself because you've done the work. Yeah, that's what I remember. You know, my first workshop with Dan, where I went all the way into my, you know, murderous rage, which I had no idea was inside me. And it, it came out completely it, it organically, just it, it shocked me the intensity of the murderous <laughs> rage that was inside me. And I remember her looking at me, like making eye contact with her, like, can she handle this coming through? Like, what the fuck? And there was like no fear. She's just like, just another, just another day at work for her, you know, like as I'm going murdering a pillow and she's like laying beside it and I'm just torturing her. And she's just like, totally chill. I mean, because she'd done the work because she knows that part of her and she has no shame about it. She's, she's felt the place where she has murderous rage, her shadow, her desire to hurt, you yeah. know, because of, because of her, her pain and the safety. Yeah. The safety that creates and the permission that yeah. it gives. So it's like, that's yeah. Now what you're giving your groups and your clients, because you've done this work and because you're comfortable with those parts of yourself, because you know, these parts of yourself, then it's like, you know, you can hold space for others to, to feel that inside them and they can feel safe and you have no judgment about it. You're just with them there. hundred percent. And then when you're saying that, I'm thinking the other thing that what happened at school was like, you know, make mistakes. It was one of our right. mottos. Right. It's just like, that is just like, make mistakes. It's okay. And yeah. to be able, I mean, essentially the school was a laboratory. Yes. We went there to experiment with new ways of living right. and you're going to make mistakes in that place. Yeah. And the old programming, uh, most of us are probably raised with, it's just like, no, we like we, we, the old programming is, you know, I see so many people doing work now and they're, they're, they, they can see it happen for them where they go, Oh, like I can be in my power. Mm-hmm. I can say how I feel. And then immediately they shut it down because they want to land right in the perfect spot where they're in their power and they don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Right. And you're like, good luck with that. You just, you're going to hurt people's feelings yes. and you're doing them a favor because now they're going to feel something. Yeah. So make mistakes. Yeah. Own make it. Mistakes. And that, that was just so big for me. Like just 
fucking go for it. And then the next thing that happens after I allow myself to make mistakes is now I'm going to take more risk. Right. Now I'm going to expand. Now well, because I'm gonna... you see that those risks and those mistakes always lead you somewhere. It's almost like it's the first draft. Like you expect the first draft of your, of your song or of a script you're writing to be any good. No, it's going to be messy. It's going to be, there's going to be all kinds of mistakes. You're not going to see it, but in order to get to the magnificence, like to the, you know, to, to yourself fully expressed, aligned and integrated, yeah, along the way, you have to you have to just say what's there, and sometimes it's wrong, sometimes it's messy, so and it's humiliating. Mm -hmm. Totally, but that's part of our humanity, and it's yeah, that I yeah the the willingness so to make mistakes and, and and yeah, trusting it, just trusting everything, and allowing for everything, and to be in a state of non judgment. Yeah, to not worry about what something means or or yeah what you know what you're saying like the i mean I, I think it's important to be conscious of impact but when you're conscious of impact yeah it doesn't mean you you shouldn't say it but the consciousness of the impact you're going to have brings uh it softens the blow somehow because there's an intention because the intention I, like if i'm going to bring out some of my cruelty with you like we're in a process and i feel this cruelty come up if I have consciousness about what it is that I'm doing, like I know that this is cruel, but it's here right now and I'm, I'm feeling it in relation to you, relationship to you. So I know in some way it must be important. And maybe there's some way that you're inviting this cruelty. Like maybe you experienced a lot of cruelty as a child. So like yes. there's some, there, maybe there's some gift in here. Now, if I'm doing it unconsciously, it's just I'm, the intention is to hurt you. But right. if I can hold the place where I know that I have an intention to hurt you, yeah, but I'm going to bring it out with the higher intention of actually getting to some kind of deeper truth, yeah. right? To feel something that's underneath that, then it, yeah, that that's it creates this space. Now that's not an easy thing, well, place to get to because you have to you have to be in acceptance of you know some dark parts of yourself, right? And it's not going to be healing for me if I'm on the other side of it if you don't bring consciousness, right? That's what I went through was unconscious right. cruelty, right. unconscious cruelty. So it's like yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. But yeah, being just making mistakes and risks and remember take a risk night? They had take totally. a risk night. That shit was like I mean, that's brilliant. Some brilliant shit. Take yeah. a risk night. Just the whole thing, you know, and then I remember I have this frown in my forehead. Mm -hmm. Not there so much anymore, but I would have this frown. Yeah, yeah. All the time. But then when I would drive away from that fucking module, because we'd go to modules for those of you guys out there. I wouldn't have the fucking thing in my forehead for like three days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Creep back in. <laughs> yeah. So it's like something's happening. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like in my body and I'm like, okay with whatever I am. And you know, I'm just like present, you know, my mind's not taking me out. Yeah. And it, my sense is that now in your community and in the work you do, like people see you as, uh, as an example, like you're looked up to and, uh, for the work that you've done and they see you as somebody has wisdom. And so it, it, you know, how is that to go from being the fuck up, the drug addict, the guy out of control to now you're in this place where, Oh, I'm, I'm a therapist or, or whatever you call yourself, but you know, you're, you're helping people and they're seeing you as uh, as an example and you're, you're, you know, a healer, really, yeah. whether it's through your the, your work or th or through your music. I mean, 
all of oh. the, all of that philosophy, everything you've learned is in in that album. Yeah, no, um, it's 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 uh, it's fucking like people are like, what the fuck? <laughs> the same thing. What the you fuck said. happened to you? Yeah, just like what the hell? And yeah. then you know they have an impulse to like, how do I do this? And then right. when they hear more about it, they usually fade off. So we're all in different paths, you know. Um, and for me, it's like I can't, man. I just it's the, it's the most amazing thing to have been through such darkness and so disconnected from myself and so distorted to just really being able to live an imperfect life mm -hmm. in a great way. Do you know what I mean? Like my life is not perfect, but I love my imperfect life. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, and to be able to hold that. And then I really, um, it's hard. It was hard, man. I fucking went to school for four years. Then I started, started facilitating in treatment centers and I made a lot of mistakes. I mean, not big mistake, but just like, it was hard. It was difficult. It yeah. was a lot of like, I don't know what to do right now. Cause I'm not, I'm not, I'm still working on me. And so, mm -hmm. you know, but I want to say in the last year, I've really come into musically, like, I, I'm just glad I just kept, just kept trying, just like, uh, uh, and then you have a couple down days, off days. Okay. I want to quit everything. Fuck it. I just want to whatever. Mm -hmm. And then just kind of come. I just, and now I'm like, and we do accountability every day. You know, it's yeah. like, there's a three days. It's just like, I just know I'm so happy i've just continued forward because in the last year i've written this album that's like it's just like i'm so proud of it i'm so happy about it i put so much into it i'm so focused on it i manifested it from this little thing mm -hmm. to here and it feels like such um just selfish like you know what i mean it just feels so good for me to do that my facilitating's like i'm not trying to um to be good Yes. At it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm yeah. not trying to fix you or whatever. I to, you can come, you can go. I want the best for you. know what I mean? Like yeah. something's happened to me in the last year only because I've never given up, you know? And so people see that people feel that. And, you know, my think about my dad, you know, my dad's just like, what the fuck? You know, what is I mean? he? Just like, what do you I mean? mean like, like, what the fuck? A, like, just like, what? How did you? What? You know, I, he's, I can just feel him when we connect. He's just, he can't even, wow. he can't even grasp that what happened, like how, you know, what how I mean? you changed. Just, yeah, it's just like, what the hell? I can how does feel, that feel him. that your dad feels, is so. Feels is good. He, feels like, that's almost. right, motherfucker. <laughs> that's how it feels. Now right? you see me. I love, right. yeah, now you see me. I love you. I want, connection with you i love you yeah that's right i've done my work you may never do yours that's okay right i love you yeah I'm well here. i remember two years ago when we were doing artists were your king and we'd have all these conversations and i was in san diego you um you know and i was like are you is this are you it feels like your music yeah like is are you sure you like the music is not the thing and you were like yeah 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 <laughs> you know, but I could feel that like whenever I brought up the music, I just want to work with you, man. <laughs> well, I'll but, do whatever. Yeah. Well, but you would contract a little bit, like where somehow yeah. you'd move away because yeah. that was scary to you. And so to see two years later, here you are with a complete album wearing your Yo V T shirt. Yeah. And I've heard the record. It's amazing. It's like fully expressed. It's, it's beautiful. It's, you know, and, you know, been witness to you running downstairs shirtless, 
you know, uh, let's listen to this. Like, wait, listen, this is awesome. I just got this thing. Hold on. You know, and then to hear that little riff or whatever it is you came up with on the record and to feel your excitement, like you fucking did it. Like you were, yeah. of course, you know, you, you fucked it up the first time, you know, maybe you didn't fuck it up, but that's maybe that's the, the, yeah, the no, I did, story yeah. of it. And, and then it was still scary for you. Of course, putting ourselves out there in a big way creatively is terrifying. Um, but you did it. Like you fucking got through every, whatever you had to go through. And, and there was times along the way. I mean, I got a few phone calls along the way when, you know, shit was going down with band members or whatever. And you were, you know, you got taken to your edge yeah. and, um, but you, you got through it. And, uh, and I know, you know, talking to people who uh, helped you uh, on the record, they're like fucking, they're like, this guy's badass. Like they're, they're inspired. They're impressed. They love you, um, you, all this support, like there's, some, like there's something in your energy that's just attracting all of this. And so you're now an inspiration to so many people, like you are all the way in your magnificence. And I guess the question is, how is that to go from identifying with a, I'm a drug addict fuck up who didn't fulfill my potential to I'm now an inspiration to other people. I've completed my album. I love my album. I'm doing really well in life. I'm in a great relationship and I'm an inspiration to people. Is that like that identity? How is that? That shift? Uh, it's amazing. And it's scary. <laughs> scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. What's scary you know, about it? Well, um, well, what comes up first is uh, uh, to be in the identity of that is is pretty amazing like i i can pretty much know whatever happens i can hold on to this vibe you know what i mean like the identity right. of where i'm at now more about now all this stuff i've done with albums about to come out i have my new company one law love like everything's on the line now all, all of this is culminated right and i'm so fucking good at talking about ideas <laughs> We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. The album. We're gonna right. be there, but man, I can live in that place. And I've just made sure this time to fucking bring it to fruition. Mm -hmm. So now the fear level of just waking up and go, "What if no one likes it?" Right. What if no one comes? Yeah. What then? Mm -hmm. Like, there's a part of me that's like, okay, new doors, whatever. But I mean, like, let's really get into this place where. And that's a problem because if I don't feel that place and process that place and just let it linger, I'm going to manifest that. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's scary, man. It's scary. There's, I think, I, is that answering kind of what you're saying? Yeah. 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 The fear. Well, there's fear. Yeah. There's fear. It's yeah, fear. It's always there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's that quote I just heard the other day? Uh, fear is nothing but excitement without the breath. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i love that yeah. shit and yeah. like and courage isn't the absence of fear courage right. is having fear and walking mm -hmm. through it you know what mm -hmm. i mean and having support do we we got our thing i got support and it's like okay well, if you're not scared if you're not on your Maybe edge if there's not down then what's the fucking point of doing what's the it point you what's know that's point? why we're here because that's the thing that's going to help you grow so that's that's built in that's right it's yeah. absolutely built in. I guess the difference is the consciousness that you bring to it, that you're able to say, yeah, it's great. And I'm scared. Totally. It's exactly. And here's why this, this is my doubt. This is my fear. Nobody's going to show up. It's not going to work out. 
And just to yeah. be with that and to rest in that and not, not, yeah, not to let it consume you because of, yeah. yes, you will, if, if you do, it will manifest and to know that you have support and yeah. to keep talking about it and, uh, and that you have tools. I mean, you have a lot of tools that you use to keep yourself grounded and centered. And yeah. I, I mean, I'd love to, do you want to say a little bit about your work with the, uh, the realization uh, self-realization but let me just say one more thing yeah that comes up for me there's also frustration because um mm. uh <clears throat> i know what i do is good right and i know the world needs it or right. it could really have an impact on the world and a lot of the world isn't willing to do it right right do you know what i mean so i can feel the place where it's like what the, f it's not like, oh, is what I have good? And I'm going to let other people decide if it is It's like, no, this shit is fucking good right. shit that could really change the world yet. Yeah. Singing fucking sound bowl ceremony is going to, they're going to go that, you know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, that's frustrating to me. Yeah. I like nothing against sound bowl ceremony, whatever mm. the fuck it is. You know, it's like, I get frustrated. Yeah. I'm like, say it again. We love sound bowl ceremony. I love sound bowl <laughs> ceremony. I just did one with this girl, Michelle. She was amazing. She put this fucking harp on my chest. Yeah, and yeah. It was like, yay. But it's frustrating because I'm like, oh, this is so good. And if people just. Well, what happens when I say like, I don't care. I don't care about your work. I'm doing other things. I don't care. I like my sound bowl ceremonies. I don't care. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Uh... It's like, well, I mean, where do you want me to go with it? I mean, I well, what do you feel? Yeah, like, I just feel the like feeling? then don't fucking <laughs> don't fucking complain to me. When I'm your gonna life sucks. I'm gonna continue to complain. My life sucks. <laughs> I love complaining about how much my life sucks. I'm not gonna do yeah, anything I just, about it. I, I just get yeah, I wanna um yeah, what is that? I just wanna kill you, I just wanna stomp you out, make you do it, make you process. Right. Yeah, well that's I wanna make you feel. And if you take so that, off the demand, right. If I, yeah, right. There's but, a demand. You have to do this. You have to get it. Yeah. You should, what's I, like, what's underneath the demand. I just have a longing to be in that end connection with people. Yeah. That's what it is. Like, I want this, like this. I want to connect with you. Yeah. I do want this, this work. Yeah. So I got this connect. longing. I want to connect. And I just want like that end of the workshop fucking looking yeah. at each other and just, Oh, I want that for me. So yeah, there you go. Well, that's the thing that always saves me when I'm, you know, uh, frustrated or I'm angry with somebody or in some kind of conflict. If I ask myself, what is it I'm fighting for here? And more often than not, for me, it's connection. Yeah. And it's coming out in distorted ways, obviously. But when I feel into the goodness of that, oh, I'm fighting for connection. Well, that's a good thing. It's a good thing yeah. that I'm fighting for. And, and, yeah. and the truth is I'm not going to get it, you know? And so that is the helplessness a feeling like the places where we can't connect or, or the people aren't going to do the work. Like, and we, there's just areas that we can't connect and the helplessness of that, the pain of that, the frustration of that, you know, and just to learn to, to be with that. And then also learn to find a way to connect with people like where they are, which of yeah. course is what I want and which I love from the great teachers that I had going back to Anne, like she met me where I was at with love and compassion even when I was, you know, acting out and being insane and challenging yeah. her and it was all my ego and all distortion. She just like, she never pulled away the connection. And I remember a conversation that I had with her where 
I, I was like, I'm afraid of conflict with you. And I, she said, why? I said, well, I guess because I, I'm, we're going to lose the connection. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want that. It scares me. Like you're going to go away and make me bad or punish me. And she said, I can tolerate a tremendous amount of conflict and still stay in connection. And I remember thinking at the time, yeah, I can't do that. Yeah. Like that's, that's fucking badass. Like you're Mm -hmm. willing to stay Mm -hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that's such a powerful thing too. Am I willing to stay no matter what, which I guess is at the heart of the work. Am I willing to stay with myself mm-hmm. no matter what? Mm. Yeah. To stay right here and feel everything that comes up inside me without judgment and just, just be with it. Am I willing to stay in my body and stay and feel no matter what is happening? Yeah. That's so cool. And if we don't do that, our world's going to get small real quick. My world's going to get small real quick. Right. You know what I mean? If I'm not able to do that, or I'm going to live in some fantasy where I don't care, which is not going to be good either. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. Well, just, yeah, no. Well, yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about, because that's been a big part of your life as well. Yeah. Yeah. Self-realization center is, uh, you know, it's a, it's, what is this? Okay. There's a book called, autobiography of a yogi most people have probably read it paramahansa yogananda um and you know i went on a mission i was really clear that uh spirituality was gonna need to be a part of my life what i you know whatever i knew there was something in the light because i had seen so much of the dark right i mean i was like okay this i saw a lot of crazy shit in the darkness supernatural Mm -hmm. shit you know what i mean i'm like if that's true let's go Mm -hmm. let's go find like it really opened it up for me you know um, and I needed a practice and I needed a discipline and I tried a bunch of different shit. You know what I mean? I was like kind of exploring. There's this guy named John below Melchizedek. You ever heard of him? No. You know John below. He does a serpent of light. Anyways, he wrote this book about how he had, you know, native Americans, Jewish Christianity, Muslim. He had gone and, and I'm like, I like that. Like he wanted to feel what all of these things meant to him mm-hmm. and so i kind of went on that mission I, you know i was going to a church christian church and went to a mo- mo- mosque or whatever you know what i mean went to mm-hmm. all these places and then i went to this place self-realization center which is based one of them is based in encinitas where i grew up that i always drove by and i was like what's going on there dude as a matter of fact i told you that story when that monk came right to me tell me again yeah so this is the this is crazy when i was in the middle of my drug shooting heroin thing yeah. There's a self-realization center on the cliff in Encinitas. Beautiful mm-hmm. place yeah. where these monks live. And I was across the street with my girlfriend and my friend. This is fucking crazy. And this is like probably six years before I even got sober. And I'm standing there and I'm like, I look like a skeleton. I'm grayish green color. I'm just not doing good. And I'm standing at the counter. My girlfriend and my friend are over at this table, and we were going to go out to the desert to do peyote to try and get me off of, <laughs> you know, whatever. We were uh-huh. about to leave to go do that. Never right. worked, of course. Um, anyways, this monk walks up to me in his ochre robe, mm-hmm. and he goes, "How's it going?" And I go, <laughs> "I was just like, what?" And then he even answer. He goes, "You just got in a fight with your roommate, didn't you?" And I was like, "Huh." I got how, like, how do you lead a con? I was like, yeah, I did actually. I had just come down off from my house where I'd gotten a little spiff, stiff with my roommate and it was fine. You know what I mean? But it was like, I came down 
And um, the monk goes, you have a drug problem, don't you? And I go, what? I go, uh, yeah. He's kind of hypnotizing me is what he's doing. He's hypnotizing me. Yeah, I do. And he goes, yeah, um, I was just, uh, God told me to come over here and that I had to talk to you. He didn't wow. say, come over here and talk to you. He said, I had to. And he's like, to be honest, I really can't, I really don't like being around you right now. So this guy mm. just comes up and just says all that. Like, I have a job, but yeah, I have a job problem. You, God told you to come here and you don't like, like, essentially, God told me to come here and I fucking pissed he told me to come here. Right. I'd much rather be back over there doing what I was doing. But here I am with you. And I was like, yeah. And he says that. And he goes, because you're, you know, and then I, he said a couple other things and he hands me this book. Uh, I have it over here, actually. It's actually a book with um, John Lennon and George Harrison, my two favorite musicians on it, <laughs> randomly. I was like, it's a book because they were into like, they were into yeah. this meditation. Idea. And I go, and, he, and then he just goes, here's my card. If you ever, he's like, I was a musician too. Anyways, he had an English accent. And he goes, here's my card. I don't know. I lost the card. It was the craziest thing. And then he just walks away. And I swear, I don't know. It was a busy courtyard. People are walking around. He just fucking goes. And then I'm like, where? Are you? I mean, I, I'm not saying he's disappeared, but in my reality, yes, people walk by and he wasn't there anymore. I was like, what the fuck? And uh, I've since tried to look for this monk all the way at the convocation in LA. And I've asked all these monks around short bald english accent x music they're like i never heard of them so anyways this set something in me way back then and then when i got clean i have a friend that's into it blah 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 and i just started um uh a meditation practice you know 20 mm. minutes in the morning 20 minutes at night and they have these lessons that you read and um i've been working on it. i'm still not finished i'm working on it for like probably eight years mm. the, the end result was well i'll be a Kriya bond which means that I'm indu in, uh, inducted. I don't know if that's the right word, but into the Kriya yoga lineage, which is like the Navy SEALs of meditation, essentially. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you're not just doing a Kriya bond. Kriya bond. You're like, it's wow. a very uh, uh, specified technique of meditation that focuses on the spine, kind of like Kundalini, mm -hmm. focuses on the breath. You do these energization exercises. It's no joke, which is why it took me a long time. And you've been doing that for Since eight I got, years. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I was like right around joining when I joined the Radical Aliveness, like it kind of all happened in one swoop. And then I fade, you know I mean? I'm not saying I was doing, I'm not doing 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night, all the time. You know what I mean? Right. I'd take, I'd fade for a week or two and I'd be like, oh, some other book I read. I'm like, oh, this meditation's it. You know what I mean? I kind of, but I've always landed back with this SRF, the Self-Realization Center. And what is it about the meditation or that and that style of meditation? I just, I, there's, you know, my, 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 well, first of all, Paramahan, these yogis have, they're on point. They're like, we live in an illusion. Right. It's called Maya. You know what I mean? And that's the obvious reality for me is we're in some kind of matrix. Mm -hmm. And these guys are calling it out 5,000 years ago. Right. And they're calling out, you know, Jesus was Kriya Bon. You know what I mean? Like, this is like this. So immediately I'm like locked into that. And um, when, okay, you know, it's like, look, when you die, whether we live in a matrix or not, you want a bunch of spiritual gangsters on your side or not? Do you know what I mean? Right, These right, dudes are fucking right. spiritual gangsters. Yeah. And they're here right now. They're behind yeah. me right now. They're everywhere at once. 
if we invite them in and I can mm-hmm. feel that and I can, they have, they have, you know, writings and you're reading these things and it's like, I'm part of a crew. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not re I'm not what I'm not doing some 5d consciousness meditation with some dude telling it to me in my earphones or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm part of this crew. I like it. I like that. Um, they, they, they're missing the boat on some things in my opinion too. You know what I mean? There's a way where they don't want to, um, own their shadow. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I can feel mm-hmm. that too, but that's okay. But, um, you know, I feel like I'm part of something. I feel like I'm, I, I'm, I'm aligning to something that's been set from the ancient times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same with, you know, same probably with you with the Lakota, you know what I mean? It's like, you're kind yeah. of aligning to some, you have a crew, you're aligning to some vibration yeah. that's been set, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I went to uh, lodge Wednesday night and the guy, Eric, who runs it, he's dude, this dude's so badass. He's so kind. He's so present. And he comes up to me before the lodge. He's like, you sing, right? Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, okay, you want to take a round? I was like, sure. Wow. And I didn't know what he meant. I was like around, like, what do you mean a whole round? I didn't really know. I just, I just thought like a song. So we get in there and uh, it's packed. Totally packed. packed. It's just full. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, you're, you're what, like 10. No, there's like 24 people in there. 24, yeah. And I can't move. Like there's, I'm like, you know, cross-legged. There's somebody right in front of me touching, you know, like we're all basically touching shoulder to shoulder, knee to back. And I have claustrophobia. So I'm like, I'm already in anxiety. And the last time I went, it got really, really hot. And, uh, and he asked if anybody was new and, uh, somebody said, yes, they're new. And he said, he just said really simple, like, you know, okay, you know, you know, it's going to get hot in here and you may feel a little, you know, claustrophobic and just know, you know, not to trust your mind, you know, like just your (laughs) mind's going to start telling you stories and uh, just know, just come to your heart, you know, just bring your energy and your awareness to your heart and you'll be okay. And we're not uh, keeping anybody prisoner. So if you do need to get out, you know, just say, you know, Yasin and, you know, we'll let you out. So it's okay. Like so <laughs> wow. kind and gentle, you know, and I was like, wow, it just affected me so much. And of course, as soon as, you know, they, they started bringing the rocks in and they started pouring the water on them and it got hot mm-hmm. and I could feel like, I was like, I'm going to freak out. I'm going to freak out. And, uh, and then I just, it worked. I just brought all my awareness to my heart. I just brought you know, my attention to it and just stayed and stayed and stayed and then, uh, and got through it. And then the second round, you know, he hands passes me the drum and everybody, I mean, I'm the new guy. And everybody's looking wow, at me, yeah. oh, this guy, what, what the, oh, you're, we're giving you the drum. The guy beside me is like, kind of confused. He's like, you, do you know four songs? I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know four songs. And, uh, so, but I was kind of like, oh fuck, I thought I was going to sing one. No, he's, he wants me to sing like the whole round. That's four yeah. songs. So and does that mean up. you call out the next song? Like you're, so yeah, you're it's my show. It's my you do what Yoshi usually does. Yeah, it's like yeah. second round. It's your yeah. show, baby. Yeah. Do 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 your wow. thing. Wow. So yeah. now I'm like in my mind. Okay, what four songs I'm gonna sing? And I want to sing songs that they know. And da da da. And uh, so the second round starts. I sing my songs, and it's you know I do my thing, and I don't even notice the heat. I mean, this is the thing, right? Oh, like yeah, right? I'm in my zone. Was it hot in there? I have no idea which just yeah. shows you 
you know, the mind, yeah. what the mind can do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then of course, when I finish singing, my whole thought is like, was that good? Did they like it? Like I immediately go to evaluating it. Mm-hmm. And then I could feel just like, just let go of the good and the bad and just let it be what it is. Just like, don't worry about any of that shit. Just like, you just do your best. That's all you have. And then, uh, and it was great. And then afterwards, you know, it came up and uh, it was great. Oh, you put, sang my favorite song. You know, I love that song. I haven't heard that song. It's so long. He's super complimentary. He's like, yeah, I'm so happy you're here. You're going to sing. And, uh, and then just real subtle in the exchange, he was like, uh, I, so I said, hey, you know, I'm going to learn some of your songs and I want to learn some of your songs and to sing the way you guys sing. I know I, like the way I've learned is a little bit different. He's like, no, 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 no. No, uh, you sing your way. You know, we'll learn. We'll learn your way, your wow. songs. You sing your song, which was like unbelievably generous. And then he says, you know, I sing my songs kind of slow sometimes just so, you know, so people can learn them, which was his way of saying, like, saying, just sing down. a little slower, slow down yeah. so we can learn your songs. But it was such a beautiful way to say it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, even now as I'm telling the story, I feel these tingles because it's like, I was like, okay, I'm aligning myself with this motherfucker. Like, I want to get close to this. This guy's a man, you know what I mean? Who's like, for, I mean, he's done the sun dance. He's danced 10 times. I mean, he's a badass motherfucker, but he's also so kind and gentle and open and gracious. I mean, he didn't know, you know, he knew I worked with Yoshi, but he just handed me the drum in his fucking lodge, surrendering control. Like, it's unbelievable, uh. you know? And the example of that was so, uh, so deep. So yeah, the Lakota shit, man, continues wow. to just take me down these, uh, these rabbit holes, that the, the spirituality. And uh, so, yeah, I just feel incredibly grateful. But yes, the, the spiritual practice, the, uh, the connection to God, creator, spirit, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, it's just, it's become, I know it's, you know, huge, hugely important thing in your life. And it's, it's become a hugely important thing in my life. So it's, and it's a, a thing that I love that we can share, like we can have deep conversations about God and the nature of God and, and to feel the presence of, of what that is. Yeah. Keep the veil thin keep the veil thin yeah yeah brandon parkhurst we could we could go on and i think we probably will uh another time um but thank you man thank you for sharing so generously uh your story and uh so openly and um yovi album comes out in september is that what September. you said? Yeah. And uh, onelawlove.com. That's the your company. Yep. One and you guys do workshops and coachings. And it's uh, it's a uh, tell tell us a little about a little bit about one law love. Yeah. One um one law love is uh, um we're gonna do retreats. We got a place down in Tulum. We're gonna be doing Costa Rica, Mammoth, um, getaway retreats, focusing on emotional intelligence. Um, we do works, our first workshops in uh, Oceanside or Encinitas area, uh, July 24th, 25th. That one's full, but we're going to start doing weekend workshops. I do individual sessions and we're going to bring in a plethora. <laughs> a plethora. <laughs> a plethora of facilitators and bring um, 
you know, so there's options. Sound mm-hmm. healers included. Sound bowl healers sound, included. Definitely going to be sound bowls. We love sound bowls. <laughs> included. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, we're just excited about it. It's kind of, um, this is what I feel. It feels like I know I want to bring myself to the world in this mm-hmm. capacity and it's making itself, it's building into what it is. It's, it's yeah. like, we're kind of, it's like, it's not like I, we're this, this, and this. We're kind of just like what we do. We're, we're in the unknown with it and we have a website and we mm-hmm. have people interested and we're just going with our niche and we, our intention is to support ourselves, continue to support ourselves, but also bring a different vibration, uh, provide a safe place for people to come that on the inside are going, I just, something's, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's up. Mm-hmm. Nah, 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 nah. And then, and then we're going to have some, you know, some media content so that people can watch us and be like, yeah. like maybe people watch this pot, whatever we'll post on social mm-hmm. media, like, Oh, that I, 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 I get that. I want to go do that. And there's a place to go essentially. One and I want to say one yes. thing about you, just thank you. Because, you know, we were talking about all this Esalen and Anne, but dude, you have the hugest, played the hugest role in my um, desire to continue to work on myself. By, mm. by just by setting the example of you and that's another sorry last thing but just when i was in that workshop i just knew i was like the way you held yourself it was like i want that and uh, i feel like i got that you know now it's like I'm, I'm getting that i'm getting close you know i mean i'm in that zone so thank you for doing your work and you've had a huge impact on me yeah you're, you're welcome man and and thank you like you're an inspiration to me and i, I love our connection i love our friendship i love uh you know our daily accountability and you know you keep me in line and you're the guy i go to when i'm when i'm struggling and need support you're my guy and you have a lot of wisdom and i I don't i have no doubts about you like meaning if i'm gonna bring you something i know you're gonna you got the goods and you're not gonna bullshit me you just you just tell me what you feel what you think and it's like real simple you have an amazing style and uh so yeah man it's it's uh i really appreciate the friendship and thank you for doing this and let yeah we'll definitely do it again 